0: Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things.
1: Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. The chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will ask I will also ask you one question. If you will tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it a human of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then do you, did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. This is the word of the Lord.
0: You may be seated. We are into a new sermon series finally. I'm ready to get on to get on to something different. And this new sermon series is entitled The Uncomfortable Kingdom. And here is why it is entitled The Uncomfortable Kingdom is because Jesus has this weird tendency to say really cringy things. And over the next eight weeks or so. On the, on the lead up to Advent, what we're going to notice is that we have had our own human tendency to try to circumnavigate around the, these cringy things that Jesus has to say. So we're going to kind of take them head on and, and see what it is that we have to navigate here along with Jesus. For example, Jesus seems to be today taking aim at a, a common cliché. And here's how this cliché goes. You ready? This common cliché is... And you can almost kind of hear it said in something of a huff. We are human beings, Jesus, not human doings. Anybody ever heard that phrase? Let me see if your hands, if you have heard that phrase before. Yeah, and and why not? I mean, theological greats like Rick Warren and the Dalai Lama have said such a thing. So how can anybody, Jesus, take issue with this phrase? But y'all, Jesus takes issue with this phrase. Jesus, especially to believing people, is going to say, Yes, I get that you are human beings, but doing has to be part of your being. Doing has to be part of your being because it's in your doing that you do your best believing. Here's where it starts to get cringy. If you've not noticed the cringy part yet, here, here it comes. What you actually believe, whether it's about faith or anything else, what you actually believe is demonstrated not by your brain cells, but by your bodies. Oof. In, in an era when people like to stand behind words, and, and I really mean hide behind words, and sometimes it's, it's words that you say, sometimes it's words that you type or post, and I, I'm telling you, I, I see a lot of Christian folks who like to stand behind words because somehow they believe that the words properly articulated that's where our faith is best demonstrated. I, I'm in a little bit of a struggle right now. I, I serve with this wonderful nonprofit board called the Justice Circle. And we are trying to do everything from host discussions about this ugly jail that we have downtown. and We're trying to talk about how to get different ethnic, uh, the corners, uh, different ethnic corners of the city together. We're trying to, ta- to talk about how to make things safer. And there are a couple of members of the board. We are a gathering of faith and community leaders. Not everybody. I'm the only pastor on the board right now, but man, there's a couple of folks who run nonprofit organizations who are dead set that we should have a Christian creedal statement. And the, and the statement is uh, justified that they want, they, they'll say, Yeah, but we don't want to have any sort of mission drift, as if the words printed on the page are how we keep from having mission drift. You know what keeps us from having mission drift? Bodies. Bodies who believe and what I don't want and so it sounds funny for the pastor to be against the Christian creedal statement, but I've raised my hand saying, I don't think that's a great idea. Why don't, we, why don't we prove what we mean by how we live, as opposed to having it somehow canonized in a document? But we're not off the hook just because we canonize something in a document. Because what you live tells us what you believe. Your bodies will tell me more about what you believe than your mouths or your fingers as they type ever will. Welcome to Connection Sunday. <laughs> at OKC first. Now, I get what people are trying to say. What they're trying to say is, I am more than my productivity. And you're right. I am more than what I do for a living. The measurement of my value is not determined by what I have accomplished at the end of the work week, not at the end of a day, not at the end of my career, at the end of my life. And I absolutely agree because, y'all, God's mind about us is made up. Ready? And the news is? But that is cheap grace if you do not respond with an embodied response. If that is merely a get out of jail or worse free card, you have not yet drunk deeply enough of it. I'm gonna say that again. If you have not yet drunk deeply enough of this truth, that God's mind about you is made up in the news is good, if you haven't yet drunk deeply enough of that, then you may be capable of just saying faith and not actually faithing faith. We believe with our bodies. Let me give you some context for what you just heard Stacy read. At the beginning of chapter 21, Jesus marches into Jerusalem on top of a donkey. There's something of a parade and there are people who are then after the parade saying, Who is this guy and who does this guy think that he is? And if you thought they said it there, then wait till he gets all the way to the temple where he absolutely ransacks the temple, like he's just turning furniture over and that kind of stuff, as if he owns the place. Because he's Jesus, he kind of... But then there are people who are saying, okay, Now, really, 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 who do you think you are? And on his way to to verse 23 in the same chapter, Jesus stops by a fig tree. All leaves, no fruit. Have you ever heard the uh, phrase, all hat, no cattle? This is a tree, all leaves, no fruit. And Jesus is so upset with this tree in its lack of fruitfulness that he curses it and it withers on the spot. (laughs) And then he comes to the temple. And when he entered the the temple, when he entered this temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. and said, hey, who do you think you are? By what authority, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Now, Jesus is still angry at how they treated John the Baptist. He's still angry. And, and let's, let's talk about, very quickly, what it is that John the Baptist did. John the Baptist came out saying, hey, believing people, you are doing this wrong. If you were doing it right, there would be more people being fed. If you were doing it right, there would be more people who would be rescued. If you were doing it right, justice, justice would happen more often. There would be an evening of the scales. If you were doing this right, If you're doing this right, you wouldn't hide behind your words. Your bodies would believe the right sorts of things. John was not actually introducing a new theology. He was advocating for a return to a godly theology. And he would even say to them, look, and if you want to jump out of that old system and into this new one, we'll baptize you and mark this as a day that you made this huge turn. So Jesus says, y'all didn't really listen to John. I don't expect that you will listen to me either, religious people. (laughs) And so he tells a very scary parable It goes something like this Now what do you think? A man had two sons I know a man who has two sons He went to the first and he said Son, go and work in the vineyard today Often this language of vineyard means The work of ministry The work of ministry He said, I will not But later he changed his mind And went The father went to the second And he said the same And the second son said, nope Got lots of better things to do. <laughs> and he answered, I go, sir. Okay. They did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they were listening to him. and They said, yeah, Jesus, it was the first. It was the first person who said, no, I won't go, but then went, who's actually doing the will of his father, more so than the one who said, yep, I'll go hid behind his words of belief, but then his body never followed up. Which of the two did the will of his father? And then he says this. Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes who went out to John, who went out to be baptized, and who went out to be uh, converted from one kingdom to the other. The tax collectors and the prostitutes. I don't know if you know any tax collectors, but that's a low blow. Tax collectors and the prostitutes, recognizing the ramifications of this kingdom, said, no, there is something better, something different. While the religious people, who were all still hiding behind their words, stood at the side and said, no, this is ugly, this is crazy, we should not be doing this. And Jesus says, for John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him, but the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you didn't change your mind, And then believe, you believe with your body. Believe it or not, I'm almost done. Sweet man by the name of Bob Corey. Any of you recognize this guy? Sweet guy, Bob Corey. Passed away in 2019. Did you know that he passed away as a member of the staff of Oklahoma City First Church at the age of 80? At the age of 78, after retiring from two careers, and actually in the midst of a third, where he drove cars around, he heard the call of God on his life. And he died in 2019. In 2017, he asked for and received from you a local minister's license. I will never forget how beautifully awkward it was to wait for Bob to get from the back to the front. Fantastic. Now, Bob was raised in the era of the straight shooters. He was not a straight shooter kid. He was with one of the, the nice church families, but he did his life, did his children's ministry and youth ministry alongside all those other straight shooter kids. This was a guy who believed that faith needed to be embodied so much so that at the age of 78, he said, God, what do you need me to do? And God said, prison ministry. And so he and Fran. To this day, y'all, we still have money that we have earmarked for prison ministry. You know what we lack? We lack a Bob Corey. All of this to say, it's not too late for you to say yes. It's not too late. Now, John, are you saying that I should come get a minister's license? You can. I'd love to talk with you about it. Actually, it'll be Ken who will talk to you about it. We, we can do such a thing. But actually, no, it doesn't have to be that. I, I would say to you, it's time for you to say an embodied yes. I'm really busy. I don't know if I have time to do this. Guys, I, I understand busy, but please hear me as I say to you. Your bodies will tell us at the end of this week what you believe. What do you believe? Are you the kind of people who hide behind Christianese words that you would say or post or expect to hear someone else say or post? Or might you actually be the people who are finally starting to understand that we do in fact believe with our bodies? Very quickly, here's what I want you to do after this. We're we're gonna have communion and you're gonna be done. (laughs) And I hope we'll benedict you into the atrium where you'll see all these different places that you might be able to serve. And I have asked them to say, I've asked them to give you bite-sized opportunities to volunteer. I, we, we know that you are busy. But might you be able to spare an hour here and there? Please, uh, Avarela's got it. Some, some narrow things, Rudy does, Lisa does. All of our ministry areas have been asked to give us bite-sized opportunities to believe with our bodies and to not be the people who believe with our words, who hide (laughs) behind our words. I I hope you'll at least go through, and listen, you're gonna get a raffle ticket, you might get a really awesome T-shirt out of it, I don't know. Popcorn, I'm not kidding, there's popcorn back there. We need you, and here's the thing, as I finish. We need you, but just as importantly, you need to serve. You will serve toward Christ likeness in a way that if you don't serve, you can't get to certain levels of Christ likeness. It requires that you believe with your body. And we find our motivation here around this table. So if you're helping us, please come and help us to bless these elements. Heavenly Father, do bless these elements, and with them, God, would you shape us to be your people? Shape us to be people who recognize that the best kinds of belief are always going to be embodied. Burn in our minds the image of a guy like Bob Corey, who heard your call and said yes, even at 78 years of age, because there was something, there was something about the call that gave him life and vitality. Bless these elements, God, and and with them. Grow us to be the kinds of people who are capable of an embodied yes. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, exit your pew to the left, and to come forward to receive this gift of broken bread. When you get close enough, the person holding the bread will put a piece of bread into your open hands and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Take that piece of bread, dip it into the cup, When you do, that person holding the cup will say, and this is the blood of Christ shed for you, and then take and eat, and then if you would, find a place to pray. And it could be at one of these side padded altars, which are there for healing. It could be one of these kneeling benches up front, and no one will necessarily know why you're praying, but at some point we will come by and let you know that you aren't praying alone. You can circle back around and sit at your pews. You may want to make a special trip down here to be reminded of your baptism by dipping your fingers into this water. But we do want this to be an embodied experience, if you'll notice. We actually organize so that you can get up and move around because faith is something (laughs) that requires us to get a little bit organized and requires us to get up and move around a little bit. So even the movement of the communion moment is rehearsal for the life of faith. All are invited. None are compelled. If you would like to sit this one out, you are welcome to do so. But you're not disqualified. If you know that you need this grace, that's all it takes for you to be qualified, and we would love, we would love to serve you. It was on the ninth he was betrayed that our Savior took bread. He blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you, and every time you eat of it, remember me. In the same way, he took the cup, held it up before them, and said, and this is my blood, the blood of a new covenant, and every time you drink of it, remember me. And now around the sanctuary, if you would, stand to your feet. Exit your pew to the left and come forward to receive these gifts
1: of God meant to nourish the people of God.